Welcome to Feelings Fitness. I'm your host, Suzanne Bazarco, a yoga teacher, licensed professional counselor, certified mindfulness practitioner, and a mom of two. When I first entered motherhood and started raising a family, I needed something to help me survive the seasons of life, which is why I pulled the Feelings Fitness program that I created in graduate school out of the archives, linked it up with what I learned in yoga teacher training, and boom, the Feelings Fitness formula was born. Yoga plus mindfulness equal emotional well-being. It has worked for me, and I surely hope it works for you and your family too. I am stoked to embark on this journey of sharing yoga and mindfulness with you. It's time to get real about how you feel. It's time to feel fit, mind, body, and spirit. Hello, hello, Suzanne here. Always excited to be back in your ear. If you are just tuning in, we are on week five of a six-week journey exploring human emotions. Definitely go back and listen to the previous episodes. We've already covered a lot of emotional territory. We've explored sadness, happiness, fear, and surprise. Still to come, we have discussed. Yikes. But for this week, we stop and analyze anger. Some anger is short-lived and some seems to linger on forever. But did you know that the actual lifespan of an emotion is really only 90 seconds? What? Yeah, I was actually surprised by that too. I found this great article by Sarah Chauncey on livingthemess.com. She highlighted a memoir called My Stroke of Insight written by a neuroscientist, Jill Bolt Taylors. And Jill says this, she notes that the psychological lifespan of an emotion in the body and brain is 90 seconds. The sensations, adrenaline, heat in the face, tightness in the throat, rapid heartbeat, arise, peak, and dissipate on their own. The question becomes, what keeps emotions lingering then? Because I know from my own personal experience that certain emotions that pop up seem to last a long time, especially when it comes to anger. I'll share an example later in the episode. So if emotions only last 90 seconds in the body, why do we think we can still feel them? What keeps emotions lingering are the stories we tell ourselves about them. And we want to justify these sensations that we're feeling. Then the ego gets involved and it's just a mess. So on the one hand, knowing this information is helpful. But on the other hand, we may turn this into shaming ourselves for not being able to get over an emotion fast enough. It's another case of emotions being extremely complicated. The challenge is that we're actually wired to create the very stories that keep these emotions alive. And the longer we've been telling ourselves that particular story, of course, the harder it is to kind of let go of that. I've definitely made mention of lots of Brene Brown's work confirming the importance of storytelling. Storytelling is what connects us to others and connecting to others is of the utmost importance when it comes to emotional well-being. So here comes another emotional layer we must contend with. So back in the introduction episode, episode of this series, I mentioned the idea of that primitive brain versus the more evolved brain. So in livingthemess.com, the article I mentioned earlier, here's what they had to say about this kind of idea of that primitive brain getting the best of us. In the article by Sarah Chauncey, it says, we're wired with a negativity bias. As some say, our brains are Teflon for positive experiences and Velcro for negative. From 
From an evolutionary perspective, it's one of the things that kept our ancestors alive and it still serves to alert us to threats, yet these days the threat is often just to our ego, to our sense of separation. And when we're used to feeling bad, sad, angry, which is our focus for this week, anxious, shame, the neural pathways that correspond to those emotions become strengthened like a brain superhighway. So it becomes easier for those emotions and therefore the stories associated with them to become triggered. Hmm. Okay, so let's work towards not getting triggered in the first place, shall we? I know it's easier said than done, but hey, having a few tools in our back pocket is always helpful. When it comes to anger, we can tap into yoga, mindfulness, and the breath can really help too. So first, the breath. Let's take a quick breath break. And let's actually use a little movement to go along with it. If you are in a place that you can find a nice comfortable seat, whether it's on the floor or in a chair, find that spot. I'm actually in a chair right now. So we'll just do that yogic breathing, which is remember deep inhale in the belly rises, fills up with air. And on the exhale, that belly sinks back down towards the spine. So let's sit in a comfortable seat, relaxing the arms alongside. And on the inhale, we're going to raise the arms up overhead, elongating that spine. And we're going to kiss the fingertips up overhead. As we twist to the right, we're going to exhale And release the arms down to the side, raining those fingertips down to the earth. And then inhale, bringing the arms back up as we twist, coming back up to the center. Kiss the fingertips overhead. And exhale, twisting to the left, raining the fingertips down. Inhale, raising the arms back up as we twist back to the center and kissing the fingertips overhead. And exhale, raining the arms down alongside. Back to center. Nice deep breath in and full exhale out, letting those shoulders just relax down away from the ears. So incorporating that little spinal twist actually helps us out a great deal too. And it keeps us focused on the breath. So it slows us down as we're raising the arms up and lowering the arms down. It just helps to guide our breath and to slow it down. So great way to calm the mind, calm the body. Breathing really helps us calm the nervous system and access the proper parts of the brain that allow us to respond appropriately. Once the breath calms the nervous system, then focus in on mindfulness. Remembering that mindfulness tells us to be present without judgment. Consider this idea of being a witness to your emotions. So act as if the emotion is happening to someone else and you're just witnessing this happening. This slows down our impulses and our reactions or when it comes to anger can slow down that overreaction, right? Stop the ego dead in its tracks. Stay with the emotion 
Remember, it only really has a lifespan of 90 seconds. Tolerable, right? In most circumstances anyway. Now, emotions have a way of passing from the mind. So leaving, we're not continuing to create, you know, that mental movie making that happens in our head where we constantly replay something that has angered us. So that emotion can leave the mind, but oftentimes it can get stuck in the body, which in turn can manifest other issues down the road. So you know what I'm going to offer. You know what I'm going to recommend. You know what I'm going to say. Yoga. Yep. Yoga can help with that. So spend some time on the mat, inward reflecting, even having all of these tools. The dreaded temper can sometimes get the best of us when we are angry. But the good news is we can change the way we respond. Remember, we are responsible for our reactions, the way that we respond. We can't change what other people do to make us mad, but we can change the way that we respond or the way that we react. When neural pathways are so deep, though, it takes a lot of work. But remember, neuroplasticity reminds us that that change is possible. So it's important to remember that even after we have lost our temper, we can course correct. We can do better next time. There's a saying that goes, don't get mad, get even. But what I say to that is, don't be that person. Let karma do your dirty work and everything will be just fine. I love the Buddha quote, holding on to anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Please, by all means, don't drink the poison and don't waste your precious energy being angry. On a personal note, when my kids were really young, they're still little but not babies anymore, I struggled on a number of levels. In general, I have a lot of patience, but certain things would really fire me up. Sleep deprivation adds insult to injury. Being an introvert exacerbated certain aspects of parenting for me too. Throughout the month of February, I was focusing on the crown chakra. Headstand was my go-to posture. Meditations were geared towards resolving, limiting beliefs, and connecting with my higher purpose. So why am I sharing this? Well, because for me, anger rears its ugly head when someone or something has triggered one of my limiting beliefs. And one of my limiting beliefs forever has always been this feeling that no one really listens to me. Maybe that's why I love podcasting so much now. I I love having an engaged audience who listens first and then shares their emotions as well. Because really, I think as a counselor for me too, I'm very trained in listening to others. And then I don't always feel like I get that reciprocated to me, especially when it comes to my kids, which I think many, many parents can appreciate that that issue, I guess. But I want to be listened to. I want to feel like I'm heard. I want to feel like I'm valued for what I bring to the table. So why am I sharing my limiting belief? Well, because it created a lot of anger with me in me while parenting. There were times when the kids didn't listen, mostly because they were little, but still. And then there were times when I thought, you know, my husband didn't listen or my friends didn't listen, even though sometimes I wanted people to read my mind. I didn't always let clue them in on what was going on. So that's a whole different can of worms. But I think when you are 
talking and when you are expressing your emotions, you definitely want to feel like people are listening. So by spending a whole month focusing solely on the crown chakra has allowed me to pinpoint many of my limiting beliefs. It's freeing to name it and now it's and now I'm just in the process of taming that limiting belief and using instead of letting that that limiting belief control me it's the idea of planting new seeds new beliefs that counteract that and you can do the same whatever your limiting belief may be oftentimes anger pops up when that limiting belief is triggered you know the ego does not like to have our limiting beliefs surface right so with the tools mentioned in this episode and with a little extra knowledge via the chakra system you'll be well on your way to managing whatever anger arises within you due to limiting beliefs. If you're unfamiliar with the chakra system, well, be sure to keep tuning in so you get the goods on the powerful energetic system that is within each and every one of us. I hope you found this episode enlightening. If you like it, please be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and tell a friend. The more people we have engaged in this conscious conversation, the better. You can find everything related to this episode over at www.feelingsfitness.com. And as always, some of the best content comes up after the show in the Facebook group. So be sure to join over there as well. Until we chat again, feel fit, mind, body, and spirit.